Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. You're listening to a message from the Poimano, bringing you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Heward Mills. There are many evil spirits that occupy the minds and hearts of humans and influence their behavior, and Christians are not exempt. The story of the madman of Gadara in Mark chapter 5 shows the highest example of demonic influence and control despite him worshipping Jesus. Our Monday message outlines the three steps that Satan and demons take in order to dwell in a person. Entering, becoming compatible, then eventually taking over the individual. After today's message, you'll be equipped with practical steps on how to overcome the wiles and schemes of the enemy. You're being saved from demonic spirits as you continue to soak in the word of God. Father, thank you for another chance to be in church, to receive your holy word. We pray for openness, humility especially. That our eyes will be open, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, what I am about to share with you is very, very important. And I, and I know that even though you've been a Christian for some time, you probably will not know a very important revelation that I'm going to share with you. Amen. So, turn with me to Mark chapter 5. I am preaching about the, the how to deal with demons or the madman of Gadara is the example or his testimony is our um, example that we are using to um, uh, teach on this subject. Hallelujah. Now, Mark chapter 5, and they came over onto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, day and night, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting his, himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and he cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee? Jesus, thou son of the most high God, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. And he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion. And he besought him much that he would not send them out of the country. And there was a nigh unto the mountains a great herd of fine swine feeding. And the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. Amen. All right. This is the story of the madman of Gadara. We still have these people around in the system. You can see mad people. I saw one yesterday. And uh, they are everywhere, uh, all over the world. 2,000 years ago when Jesus came. Can I have a little volume, please? When Jesus came to earth, these madmen existed. This is one of the stories that tells us how continuous and persistent the word of God is, how unchangeable it is. How, how unvariable it is, how dependable it is, and how useful it is even today after so many thousands of years after Jesus 
came and lived. We have exactly the same problem. We are in 20th, 21st century. We have mad people just like this who take off all their clothes, live in the weirdest of places, live in cemeteries, live at very lonely places. They stay there alone. They cut themselves. They hurt themselves. And they are very dangerous. If, if, if you ever go on a tour of the mental hospital, you can ask them to take you to the wildest place. You'll see places like, cha- like cages, you know, and you find people just like that, you know, caged in and unable to, like animals there. We can't let them free. So this, this is somebody who was like that. Now, what I'm speechi- speaking about is invasion, compatibility, and the influence of the demons, that demons are able to invade, everyone say invasion, are able to be compatible, compatibility, and influence, say influence, alright, so demons are able to invade, they are able to stay compatible with Christianity or with, you know, people who are trying to serve God at the same time. And are able to influence them even though they are demons. Now why do I say this? I read to you the other time the same scripture. uh, Where Jesus spoke to the madman of Gadara. But before the demons took over apparently. uh, The man ran to Jesus. The Bible says when he saw Jesus afar. He ran to him. Most of us walk to church. Most of us don't run. When there is an altar call you see people coming hesitantly debating within themselves do I qualify am I, am I one of these am I included come give your life to Christ I, I did an altar call I, I, I called several times each time I repeated the call several people came and added themselves and gave their life to Christ so but this man he saw Jesus Jesus didn't even preach and he ran to Jesus I said he ran we don't run. We, we walk. And sometimes we don't, we don't even come. He ran to Jesus. And then the Bible says he worshipped Jesus. Amen. Are you listening to me? He worshipped Jesus. And the next step we see, Satan took over again and he, he began to speak to Jesus. I adjure thee by God, torment me not. Now the demons had taken over. So you see that demons had invaded the man. The demons were living in the man and with the man. They were compatible with the man. A man who worshipped. And a man who ran to church or ran to Jesus. When we come to church, are we not coming to Jesus? I can't hear you. I say, when we come to church, are we not coming to Jesus? So the demons was able to come to stay in somebody who worshipped. Somebody who ran to Jesus. And were able to influence the man. And were able to be compatible with the man. Even though he was such a good person. Trying to worship Jesus. He bowed down. Most of us, I mean. We, we, we never even. We are very stiff. Motionless and emotionless. <laughs> we don't even know when we become stiff and proud. We are just stiff and proud. And the spirit of God doesn't flow amongst us and and around us much anymore. So, this man did all that. And yet, he was really possessed with devils. I read to you the story of the man in the synagogue. 
He went to church. He went to the synagogue. And whilst he was in church, Jesus was preaching. And then the demons shouted, leave us alone. So that means that a man can go to church, can actually be allowed to go to church and have a demon in him, and can be a regular member of a church, attending a church, and yet there is a demon working in you. This is what I'm trying to explain to you, that demons invade people. They are compatible with whatever lifestyle they want to have. Church, going, this, whatever. And then they are able to influence the people from that point of view. Now, if demons were not compatible with a lot of Christian living and Christian style living, worshipping, etc. and so on, demons would not have anywhere to stay. Because in the moment the demons come near a believer, the believer would immediately know that there is a demon at work somewhere and would straight away reject it. But the demons know that the best way to influence the person is to allow him to do what he wants to do to to a point and then to another point you also step in and prevent certain things. Because if that was the case, if that was not the case, the devil would not have no place to operate. The devil needs somebody, a place, a person to use. That's why the Bible says, give no place to the devil. He needs a place. He needs a foothold to stand on, to minister. So he needs us. He needs human bodies, human beings, minds, voices. He has no voice in the human world. He needs a voice to use. He needs a man. He needs a woman to influence, to speak through. And he has often, gradually invaded human beings, possessed them and used them. And many of the most evil people have at times of their lives been confused. I mean, people have been confused as to whether they were good or bad. Somebody like Hitler, right? He was at one point a very good person. In the sense of he was doing many things for his country. He lifted his country out of recession, out of poverty, built them. He made the VW, Volkswagen, car for the people. Volks means people. Wagen means car. Volkswagen. VW, people's car. Yeah. He made all those things so that every, every one of the people will have a car. They had, they, they, they had factories and they built and they, they had in mind a great Germany. He, he wanted to purify the society. You see? So there's a time you, you wonder, is it good or bad? That's what I'm trying to say, that the devil is able to stay in an environment of apparently good things and you, you don't only find the devil in what is labeled clearly as evil. I'm trying to say that you don't only find the devil in unbelievers. But you find demons working in Christians and through Christians. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Very good. So, I am sharing with you these things because I believe that they are very, very, very important. It means that demons can also influence me if I allow them. Even though I go to church and I worship, I have to be careful. Otherwise, I can come under the strong influence of the devil. How can a bishop say something? I mean, at this stage of your ministry, how do you, how do you get up and say, at the time you have graduated to become a bishop, can you not say that demons have no access to you? 
Remember Peter? One, one moment he was preaching, he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, ah, God, no, no, no. Everybody's wrong. You, you are right because the spirit of God, God the Father has, I see you are, you are receiving revelations from, 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 from above. You are, you are really, and, and, and because of that, Jesus, Jesus decided appointments. Your name is now this. You are now going to be this. You are now the head of the church. Blah, blah, blah. You're going to be Peter. Peter means a rock. You are going to be a rock. And I'm giving you the keys of heaven. So many things were shared to Peter in that moment. Then the next verse after that appointment and graduation, uh, Jesus said he was going to die on the cross. Peter said, never. As we are here, it won't happen. Never. This, this, and that. Jesus said, Satan. You know, I've never had the opportunity to tell any of my shepherds or pastors, Satan. Go away. Never. It has never happened before. Straight away, Satan was now having access to the, 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 uh, the man and using him. So, it looks like demons can be compatible. And so, we've got to be very, very, very careful. Tell somebody, be careful. Wake up. Wake up. Be careful. Hallelujah. I'm finishing my preaching in seven minutes. For those of you who are sleeping, take notes. And you're going to be sad after I finish preaching because you're going to say, I could have slept at home and I came and I slept in church. All right. Now, the implications of what I am teaching. Number one, it means that this explains the double standards, the duality you find in Christianity. I said that last week. Number two, this means that Christians should be honest and self-assessing, very honest about ourselves so that if we can sense that this thing is demonic, you get what I'm saying? Then you can say that, look, I can say, even though I am so and so and so and so, I can see that there's something really demonic. And you know, in my Christian life, I have seen Satan working through, although I have never said to people, Satan, get thee behind me. I have seen Satan working through people, using their mouth, using their lives, using them. I've seen it. I've seen Satan using all kinds of people. Even though I have not said to them, Satan. One day I was talking to someone and I gave him an example and I was using the example of Lucifer. The way he reacted, he said, today, today you are calling me Lucifer. But that was not Peter's reaction. But I didn't even call him Lucifer. I was just trying to explain that. How Lucifer, this, this, that. Be careful because this, this, that. Hey, you should have seen the explosion. So if you are not led, don't say to somebody, Satan, get thee behind me. You may, you may be surprised what will happen in the church. Number three, it means that prospective couples should not be deceived by good behavior. Because that good behavior that you see may be the path. Because you see, this madman of Gadara, eh? if we hadn't seen the later, latter part of the story, it would have ended that the man ran to Jesus and worshipped him. That would have been the end of the story. Jesus crossed the river. When he got there, a man ran to him and worshipped him. End of story. But when you go further, you see that it's not just ran to him and worshipped him. Then demons took over and started saying, I judged it by God, blah, 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 so many things. So the f- part one was good. Part two was not so good. So if you are going to marry somebody, and that is why we say, all oh, beloved, if you are in a relationship, you must register your relationship. You can't just come tomorrow and tell us you are getting married, you want us to marry. We don't do that. You have to come and register 
upstairs. Auntie Philippa, please stand up so that they can see you. In the office, you register there so that we officially know about you as somebody, people who are in a relationship. We, are, we, have, we have people who sometimes, they want to get married. The husband has a wife. In fact, in one, one story that I just recently heard, the wife was washing her husband's clothes and then she saw an invitation card to her husband's wedding that he was getting married in this church. I don't know whether this particular branch, but in our church, Lighthouse. And she was watching her husband and she saw an invitation card on her body. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> an invitation card in the pocket that the families of so and so and so invite on the, uh, whatever to invite you have the word pleasure. Respectfully invite you to the solemnization of holy matrimony of their son, so so and so, and their daughter, so so and so. Hey! You see, now such a person, right? It's a very, it's very. People can be wicked, though. There are wicked people in the world, though. It's like the person is with you, but you don't know much about the person. The person can do something to you whilst you are with the person. And such people sometimes they are, they are so two faced, they are so nice when they say, and they have words. You know that's why those of us who may not say nice things all the time, sometimes it's better than uh, those who are always saying nice things, because at least what you hear is real. If you don't hear, you didn't hear anything. But at least what you hear is real. But such people are very smooth talking. So over to me, I'm about no, 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 so darling. I'm so darling. <laughs> How's everything? Also, I just went out and I just went to see my, my my uncle. You went to prepare your wedding, but you take it into a printer to print. And, and, and she's pregnant. She was pregnant too. Yeah, she's pregnant. Nine months pregnant. So. This explains. This explains. Because you have the thing, they seem to be compatible. The good and the bad and the ugly, all at the same table. Careful. Are you still around? Yeah. Next one. So people who are getting married, you got to know yourselves. Know yourself for some time. Not don't just meet a mystery man yourself. I love this lady. I've seen her face is beautiful. When she's smart, she looks like oranges. And when she's even angry, she look her face looks like apples and lemons. <laughs> she's sweet to me. She's sweet like these oranges and bananas. I'm feeling enjoying when I see her. No. You don't know who she is. And you that are being attracted to her, man, she's attracted mainly like you. Careful now. When I say careful now, say careful now. Careful now. Next one. This means that Christian businessmen should not be deceived by the good sounding side of the... Oh, trust me, trust me. 
Let's, uh, let, let's whatever. There's no need to write any agreement. We are Christians. Are we not in the same church? This is our bishop, this is our pastor, and so on. We are, we are all believers. No. No. Don't be deceived by that. You have all kinds of characters. The next one. You must, the next implication is that worship does not make demons leave you. Worship does not make demons go away from you. Because the man went to Jesus and worshipped. And yet the demons were with the man. The next moment after the worship, the demons took over. So worship does not make demons go away. So you may come to church and you may lift up your hand and you say, Send your anointing in this place. Send your anointing in this place. Send your anointing in this place. Have your way. Lord, you are welcome. Lord, you are welcome. In the, and you can lift up your heart. Yeah, Lord, you are welcome in this place. You see, and your worship place is like ballet dancing. You are just dancing. Lord, you are welcome in this place. Have your way. It doesn't mean that demons have left at all. Heal and deliver, heal and deliver in this place. Heal and deliver in this place. Heal and deliver in this place. Have your way. <laughs> you, you start here and then you, you end over here. Because your, your, your mind and your heart is on the Lord. You don't, you don't concern yourself with anyone. It doesn't mean that the demons leave you. It doesn't mean the demons have left you. Husbands and wives can testify. They, they, they can go to church and they all be dressed nicely and look nice together in church and heal and deliver in this place. And then when they go out of church and they go back home or they get into their car the demons are right there. Demons of stubbornness. Demons of quarreling. Demons of insults. Hey. Come on, get it. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Because we are in church environment now. Let's go. Where they get out? You see them. Wild. Swine. Heal and deliver. Lord, you are welcome. Swine. In this place. Your mouth. Lord, you are welcome. And it's mixed up. Worshipping doesn't make demons go away. So if you think that you are being delivered because you've worshipped, it doesn't mean. Number next one, church going doesn't make demons go away. Attending church doesn't make demons go away. Because the man in the synagogue had his demons. Fully. The next one, crying to the Lord does not make demons go. What makes demons go, my pastor? I will tell you soon. Amen. And the next very important point before I come to what we can really, how, what, what can make demons get out of our lives. Because I'm going to show you that. Powerful. It's very powerful. Stay awake till then, please. Don't, don't fall asleep till I get to that point. 
Physical distance does not mean spiritual distance. In other words, something can be close physically, but it doesn't mean that it's close spiritually. What do I mean by that? It means that the man of Gadara, you see, you can have the spirit of God working on somebody, and you seem to have another spirit working on the same person. And you ask yourself, ah, can the spirit of God be in the same place because you are thinking of it physically, that in this physical place. So that means you can be close physically, but spiritually it's not near. Like for instance, there can be people who are close to me physically, but they are not near to me spiritually. There are a lot of people like that. They are close to me physically. They know me. I talk to them. I say hello. I chat with them. But it doesn't mean that they are near to me spiritually. And there are some people who are far away. And sometimes because they are far and they are, they've not developed familiarity and all those attendant things that go along with knowing somebody, you get it, they are more open spiritually and receive more and therefore actually come closer spiritually even though they are far physically. So you see that even though, otherwise you ask yourself, ah, does God stay in the same place with Satan? Physically it may look so, but spiritually they are very far away. So you can actually have something that's physically, you can have anointing just here and there can be something else next door. It looks as though they are neighbors, but spiritually they are not neighbors at all. They are miles apart. It may be one meter physically, but spiritually 10,000 miles. Otherwise, it wouldn't be compatible because God cannot stay in hell. And the Spirit of God cannot dwell together in the same whatever, whatever as the devil. And that shows you, you know, physically, don't ever assume. Because, and I used to hear people say this, there's, there's no distance in the spirit world or distance and so on in the spirit world. And you realize that just like with time, you know, we have time, one hour, two hours, three days, one day. But with God, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like a day. That concept is, does not exist in eternity or in spirituality, like time. If God has healed you, you are healed. As you are, you may be physically sick. As far as God says, as you are standing there, you are. That's why he said, he said, before the foundation of the earth, I have blessed you, I have saved you. Those kind of things, you see them in the Bible all the time. Because God does not deal with time the way we deal, and distance the way we deal. That's why I have been so blessed by people far away from me. My greatest spiritual blessings are not by people that I've seen around me. My greatest temptations and offenses have been by people around me. But blessings and, 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 and anointings have been from people that are far. Temptations and offenses have been more by people that are near. So you can be close but far spiritually. And you can be far but close. Some of you may never talk to me. But you may be closer to me spiritually than somebody who talks to me every day. You may never see Jesus physically, but you may be very close to him. So one day you will grow up and you find out that, yeah, I knew the Lord and the Lord knew me. Amen. Amen. So, if your house is next to a fetish priest, don't be afraid. Amen. Amen. If you pass by uh, uh, what do you call it? They are do. They've done something there. No, spiritually, you are not close to that thing. It may seem that physically it is going by, but physically, spiritually, it's, it's, it cannot even approach you. No power, no weapon that is formed against you can prosper. 
because of the blood the bible says when i see the blood <laughs> i'll pass through another direction i remember one of those times during these coups and revolutions and so on and one day i was out it was one of the coups was happening and i was driving when i saw some armored cars moving i put two and two together and i began to move back to where i was coming from because there are certain things when you see you will, you, you, you yourself you know the fire that is there you will not come you can't come so it can be just next door it can be this across across there people talk about calling on when they say this that and this spiritually this is what's happening here this this that we are we are also in heaven here we are also we are also being blessed over here are we not being blessed over here we are also growing over we are developing we are improving we are sending missionaries to all over the world from right from here from just here the thing may be here spiritually but physically it may be just one meter away but spiritually it can't even approach it can't approach the bible says blessed is the man whom the lord causes to approach him god is the one who gives permission for you to approach god is the one who covers you with the blood when the blood of jesus covers you that thing cannot come now we need to understand and know you see it's, it's, it's complex that is why anybody with a theory about demons never really finishes preaching about it because the thing is complex but what you need to know is that there is a way you can protect yourself so that demons will go out of your life completely how many want that key today that, that we need a full-scale defense system that works perfectly and covers all areas so that demons cannot have and it's in the bible turn with me to ephesians chapter 6 ephesians chapter 6 lord you are welcome in this place lord you are welcome in this place lord you are welcome in this place have your will heal and deliver heal and deliver in this place heal and deliver heal and deliver in this place heal and deliver in this place have your will Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 for we wrestle not against flesh and blood against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness and against spiritual wickedness in high places are you with me? are you there? Verse 13, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. The what? The whole armor of God. The whole armor, the whole defense system of God. The whole defensive army. The whole defense mechanism of Almighty God. That you may be able to withstand or survive attacks and prevent the entry and the invasion of demons into your life. The demons are the ones they mention. We wrestle not against principalities and powers and darkness, rulers of the darkness and wicked spirits. How many want these things to stay far away from your life? And God is giving us an armor. An armor is a defense mechanism, a defensive system that needs to be in place in your life. And that defense system 
will keep demons out, even the complexity of the demon. When you read about the armor, you see that it's quite a complex thing. And through the complexity of this system, the complexity of the demons is taken care of. And how they are able to be in you, you can worship and you still have demons affecting you. You can pray, you still have demons affecting you. You can go to church, it still seems that there are demons affecting your life. Through this complex defense mechanism, you are able to deal with the demons. And he said, first of all, number one, he says, take unto you the whole armor of God. Stand there for having your loins get about with truth. Truth will take away a lot of the demons straight away. I say to take them out straight away. Because you see, as the word of God is coming, that's the truth. And when you agree with the truth, you disagree with the devil. The devil influences you through your mind. And once you start to think in a different way, and the truth comes, the demonic hold on your life is weakened because now your mind is working different. So when the idea is like this, I don't agree with this idea. The demon is now, the demon will call the other. He doesn't listen to me anymore. He doesn't listen to me anymore. I have no control anymore. I've lost my control. Demons are making phone calls every Sunday after church. Every time you listen to a tape, demons are making phone calls. Charlie, I've lost control. I can't, I can't influence the guy anymore. Look, her mind has changed. She's thinking different. I don't know what it is. Ah, ah, the demons of, of, of depression, demons of fear, demons of pride, demons of immorality. They are always making phone calls and emails that look, I'm going to have to leave because I've lost control. My mind has changed. She's no more flowing with me. <laughs> it's no more compatible. I see, the, the, the thing is complex. So if you don't use a complex system, he will take you out. Oh yeah. Demons can easily come into me unless I accept truth. You see, <laughs> when I saw these things, you look, when when Saul, when Saul, when Saul was anointed, you know. And he went out of God's way. He was possessed by a demon. Demon came and took over. <laughs> no matter how great you are, we, we got a word. I said, Take it, let him that think he stand, take it lest he falls. Stand with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness. Huh, it's also a lot vague, but it's there. Righteousness, but it will keep demons out. The righteousness will keep devils out of your life. So say, I break the spirit of death. Then tomorrow you are going to become an arm robber. In Kumasi, this, just uh, this week, the uh, cars were just driving by. Driving, they just stopped them in daylight. Daylight. Stopped them in daylight. Car by car. And they were robbing them. Arm robbers. Now maybe some, one of the arm robbers went to church on Sunday. Pastors are preaching. Receive Christ's righteousness and so on. Change your life. I said, I receive it. I bind the spirit of death and all that. Then the next moment, you, you, you go and you do that. And they shot a lot of them. Because if you are doing such a job, you are walking in the spirit of death. Yeah. Or you go and commit fornication. And the next moment, you've got HIV. HIV, spirit of death. So the spirit of death loses his power over you when you put on the breastplate of righteousness. The demons of pride, demons of fear, demons of depression, demons of wickedness, all kinds of demons lose control when the truth comes and you start to think differently. They lose control. Stand therefore, your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. 
As soon as you stop preaching the gospel, all sorts of demons come into the church. Take a church which has stopped preaching and you can see the habitation of devils. I say, you go around and do a survey of churches. See churches where they don't preach the gospel. Where they don't actively do what Jesus said they should do. But they are doing all sorts of other things. And see the demons that are inhabiting those places. Inhabiting the, uh, the, inhabiting the pastor. I remember one time I went to a certain town with Reverend Saki. We were looking for the pastor of one of the, a church. And we went around and said, where's the pastor? Where's the, and we found out, why are people not telling us where the pastor is? So in the end, we had somebody who told us where the pastor was. And I said, Reverend Saki, where did it? Where, where, where is the pastor? And then they told us, he's, he's at a drinking bar. He's at a drinking bar. And they showed us the drinking spot. And he had the key or something. We're looking for something. We had to go to the drinking bar to go and get the pastor. You get, you see, when you preach the gospel, you push the football to the other half. And you play the game in the, your enemy's park. When you don't preach the gospel, you are playing the, the ball in your side. In your half. So anything that happened before you realize they've scored you. But when you are preaching the gospel, eh, you are playing the thing in the devil's mouth at his gate. And he is only playing defense tactics. Trying to let the uh, rain spoil your crusade. Trying to spoil your amplifier. Trying to steal your offering. Something. <laughs> but he is the one who is now defending. He is the one defender. A lot of you have a lot of problems in your life. And a lot of demons affecting your life. Because there's no gospel of peace in your life. There's no preaching of the gospel. There's no gospel protection. It's a protection if you don't know. By preaching the gospel, you are protected from devils. That's why I don't, I don't want to stop preaching. It even makes you poor when you stop preaching. People don't know. It makes you die early when you stop preaching. Above all, shield of faith. The next one, faith. You've got to have faith. Faith lets a whole lot of bad things go out of your life. Amen. Are you still in the church? The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Wouldn't need word. You don't have word. You don't know word. Nothing. Ah! Demons are so happy to meet you. When the devil came to Jesus, the devil brought a scripture that was close and parallel. He, he shall give his angels charge over thee. Jump down. Jesus said, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He knew the word. They said, turn the, turn the, bread into, turn the stone into bread. And the day Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. He had the word every step of the way. He had the, some of you, don't, I mean, you don't know anything in the Bible. Hey, but I come to Lighthouse. I'm a member of Lighthouse. I'm a member of Google of International Ministry. And so what? The devil doesn't mind. He, he doesn't mind. You go to church. You come back. You go to church. He will allow you to run and worship. But immediately after, he will take stones and use to cut you. Keep going. He doesn't mind. You want to pray, go and pray and come. He'll be waiting. Having to, how many have realized this in people's lives? It's almost as if their life has not changed. They give their life to Christ. Almost you can't really see the breakthrough in their life. How many have seen that kind of thing? Yeah, it's very common. But through this complex mechanism that God has given, you will defend yourself. You will defend yourself. You will defend yourself. We will play the game in the devil's field. Every day he will be hot. He will be hot. He will be hot. Because we, we are building a new church on his ground. I mean, he's he, in difficulty now. Rather than sitting down coolly for him to come and divide us into, into so many pieces. We have moved into his field to go and plant a church right at his doorstep. Ah, 
how can he divide you? He is trying to stop your blocks. He's trying to get somebody to steal your blocks. He's trying to get somebody to steal your cement. These are the things he has to resort to. They can't even have time to come into your house. Emilia, don't sleep. Amen. Verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation. Is my preaching boring to you? Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance. Amen. Praying with all prayer. Prayer. Miracle working prayer. And again, most Christians don't pray. Pray three minutes, two minutes, five minutes. Yes, Lord. I had a vision the other day. The Lord showed me a little child. The little child said, the little child was saying, I will not pray in tongues. I will not pray. And then I, I came out of the vision. And the Lord said, look, Satan is trying to stop prayer. Satan is trying to prevent children from praying, prevent it children from praying, prevent even the church from praying. I will not pray in tongues. I will not pray. And then I came out of it. You can't get away from prayer. Prayer is a defense. Pray. Everything that will happen to you today, you know. My pastor was telling me, he said he had a a vision. He saw, God told me straight, you are going to have an accident today. Like that. You are going to have an accident today. So he called them and said, come. God has revealed to me that you're going to have an accident today. The kind of accident the guy had that day, it was God who saved his life. He prayed over him. And God saved him. That, you see, even accident, if it's known, let's say, 17th at 2.30, this is the accident that's going to happen to you. It's even known. And you said, you will not pray. And you're just moving. I will not pray. I will not pray in tongues. We must pray. And God will bless us. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Let's close. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every week. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.